next two guests are both originally from the Seattle area. They each separately have been in various rap groups, such as Morgang and Raider Clan. In the past year, they came together to form a group with Keyboard Kid called Cyanide Syndicate. It's my pleasure to introduce Nacho Picasso and Kiniata. Can't nobody tell me shit, be the blueprint. If you reside where we built, you gotta pay the rent. So every one of y'all rap niggas or some shit. Since 16, I ain't give a fuck, I'ma hold my dick. Got a problem with it, you can hold this clip. Remember that little Asian bitch used to pay my rent. Had to kick it to the curb and get in the wind. We all live, all learn, nigga, fuck a friend. Caught her looking like a bag, I'm tryna fuck again. We was just knocking on that door, now we gon' kick it in. This rap shit so full, you gotta play to win. And if them high reps hate me, they won't let you in. Yeah, I need a bag, I don't need a friend, bitch. Yes, I want a jack, and yes, I love a Benz, bitch. When you slide through, baby, bring a friend of six. And when it packs, when we gon' all get rich. back to the podcast everyone today i'm with a very special guest the one and only key niata how you doing brother man i'm doing pretty good so you're originally from seattle as well correct yep wow mm-hmm. w- what era would you think you came up with because i interviewed jarv d sam lachow and they're all kind of same, the same era as like nacho Did, would you say you're part of that kind of era of seattle music um well i would say personally that i like kind of pioneered another era oh like slightly separate from them um just because of the age difference you know what i'm saying like i'm a little younger than them guys okay so when they were um doing their thing i was like 15 16 oh shit how old are you i'm 25 oh wow yeah so i was like the first teenage rapper Mm. in the like to actually do something important Wow. There was others, but like I was the first one to actually pop, you know. Mm. So I would say I'm a part of the era that's happening now. Okay. In a way. And were you part of like all the underground music scene, everything like that? Or? Yeah, that was. So I'm I'm kind of a part of both eras, bro, because I started so early. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I kind of belong to both. I can't really say I belong to one or the other. Wow. And yeah. what part of Seattle did you come from? Central District. Central District. Yeah. 
And did you do like sports in high school or anything like that? Or like um, I played football all the way up until freshman year, and then I uh, got a concussion and I quit sports. Oh shit! <laughs> Let's get into that real quick. I, I, I quit football sophomore year after I got two concussions, and I don't feel like whether it's society or the news or fucking health organizations, I don't feel like they do enough to explain to up and coming students that you're not going to make it to football. Really? Like it's super hard to become the pro. Oh, and if you're man. not going to be a pro, well, you're just going to get these concussions that are going to, I was, I, I'm not trying to, you know, it's definitely a hard thing to do. I was, I was pretty fucking good though. Um, I was on varsity as a freshman. I started on varsity. So, right. I was pretty good. You know, I played little league and at scouts and all type of shit real early. So I was like, I was good. It's just it wasn't really what I love to do, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It was more like um, family type shit. Like my dad was a ex football player and shit like that, and so was his dad and whoa, shit whoa, like whoa. that. So I did not know this. Who, who's your dad? What? Oh team? no 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 no! Not NFL. Not okay. NFL. Um, he played college. My my grandpa played for the Dolphins in the like 80s. But wow. Um, yeah, I just come from like a football sports type type family background, so okay, it was like. A thing very different but, for you then yeah 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 so after i was done with that i you know was doing whatever for a little bit getting in trouble or whatever and then i you know started making music and shit wow it seems like that's it how it starts for a lot of people making trouble and then get into music <laughs> yeah you know yeah sure <laughs> so was there like a certain group of artists that you ran into that like encouraged you to start doing music or how did how did you originally get into it? um i so originally like just being a kid from the neighborhood and shit. Like you go to the Boys and Girls Club on 19th and Spruce if you're from the Central District, or you went to like Miller or some shit like that or GTLC, but it's all the same. Hmm. So um, they had a you know a music program ran by this dude named Amos Miller. Um, I'll never forget that dude. He's pretty much the dude that introduced me to making music. Wow. Um, I was just a kid, you know what I'm saying? But uh, they had a program. And um, I took the little class. Uh, he taught me how to use, like, Acid Pro 7.0. And ever since then, I've been making beats. Wow. So are you more on the producing side than rapping? or? No, not necessarily. I'm kind of smack dab in the middle. I can, you know. Wow. I've produced for people, like, without me being on the song. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I've produced for people. And then um, I've produced for myself. I've co-produced shit, you know. I've done everything. So, so how explain co-producing for people who might not understand what co-producing means? Well, it's when you get with another producer and y'all make a beat together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it can it can it can happen on many different levels. You know, you can send a motherfucker some stems, or I could be sitting right next to you and I could just you know add some chords or whatever you know whatever we got going on. Mm. But yeah. so. So when like a t Metro Boomin and like a Twenty One Savage come together to make a, a project, mm -hmm. what's the difference between it's it's like saying it's a joint project, but there are other producers being on it? Like, does that mean Metro Boomin's just kind of like the director for the produ production well, side? No, or? no, no. So, so for something like that, you gotta pay attention to what what words are in front of producer or production, like executive producer. Mm. If he's executive producing an album, that means he's basically just controlling the album not controlling in like a sense of what it's gonna be but he's the funds nah it can be like arrangement 
beat selection, um, features, oh. et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Just executive producing. Like, you have an executive producer for movies and shit like that. Okay. You know, there's executive producers for a lot of things in showbiz. So producing never means you're just producing the project, by, like putting money into it. No, nah, it can mean that as well. Okay. It can mean like you're managing the money for something, like you're in charge of getting funds for something, or it can mean that you're in charge of structuring something. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like different. It's basically another word for directing in a way? or Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, directors and producers have similar responsibilities, but wow. not all the same responsibilities. Got it. So when people think of like a key Nayata, are they, and they're reaching out, whether it's to like collab with you or whatever, are they, do you think they're more looking at you towards the producing side or are they looking more for a feature? Um, yeah, probably to get a beat. There we go. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've had both, you know, I've been approached for both. Mm. When I, when I talk to producers and artists in Seattle, people are quick to say there's not really a Seattle sound yet. And then others might say that it's a melting pot, but for producers, they probably have a whole different perspective. Like, you must think there's some sort of Seattle sound if you're being a, a producer coming out of Seattle. Like, yeah, absolutely. How would you describe the sound? Um, well, I won't say that there's one definitive sound because you 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 listen you listen to the music from there. You get motherfuckers like Macklemore, and then you get niggas like me or Nacho, and you got Travis Thompsons, and then you got Dave B's, and then, you know what I'm saying. So it's just there's a lot going on. But within those 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 um, corners of sound, like it gets real specific. Like people like me and Nacho, we kind of represent the grimier aspect of Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Like the inner mm. city hood shit, but not like you know Seattle's um, very diverse. So it's like you could be um, a very well rounded person. Mm. So it's like we represent the inner city slash you know gritty whatever whatever. And then everybody else kind of fills in their blank as well. So what's the difference between, like, grimy and grunge? Or are they one and the same? Um, I can't really define that, bro. I wasn't alive when grunge was great. I mean, I was, <laughs> but I was too young to really grasp onto what it really was. You know what I'm saying? I've done my studying and whatnot, but um, I would say they're pretty similar. Because when people think talk about Seattle from the outside perspective whether it's music or not it seems like people call it grungy yeah that's just the that's vibe different. though you okay. feel me like the rain the dark clouds the suicide rate all the shit you know yeah. it plays a part into our grunginess well, I, I call it griminess it's the same shit okay like if you're from where you know <laughs> the black people are from it's not really grunge right it's, it's grimy shit Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you're from the South End or if you're from the Central District or you're from uh, Tacoma or up north or wherever you're from, that's what we identified as grimy. Mm. And do you think that's why you and Nacho kind of came together? You guys are both have that grimy type. Like he has uh, a. Absolutely. Uh, so I met Nacho when I was like 15. Was he already how? So you said how, what's the age difference between there so that can so like, people can understand? Like ten years. So it's like ten years. So you, this man is twenty five basically when he met you when you were fifteen. Yeah, absolutely. Bro. And by that time, he'd already. I was already like a fan of him though, like 
because he was the only Seattle rapper that I thought was important. Right. I was so the way it happened for me, bro. Like I, I wasn't involved on none of the local scene, none of that. Like I popped up out of nowhere to a lot of people. You feel me? Wow. It was like um, I utilized the internet, oh. and like everybody from Nacho's era came up like kind of the hard way. I guess mm-hmm. you just doing shit, doing shows, getting you know, whatever. However you fucking do it back then, I yeah. don't know. I used the internet, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was like the first kid to fucking pop up out of nowhere. And Nacho kind of took me under his wing because I thought he was dope because he was also kind of popping on a, another internet wave too because um, his management was really good with that shit at the time. Mm. Like BSBD, they was helping him out and shit like that. So I he was the only one I had heard of. So I was hella excited to meet him. And when I did, we just was like best friends. So when, when Seattle fans turn, or something like someone like you that started listening to Nacho Picasso, did, were you going to like concerts and stuff? Like, how do no. how do how do Seattle how no, does the Seattle no, audience no, no, no. hear Seattle artists? Um, I it's interesting, bro. Like, we have like um, so like a couple of his cousins are not related to me, but like I've known them my whole lives type shit. So it's, uh-huh. I don't know. You just hear things when people are doing stuff in Seattle. It's a small place, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um. Honestly, to be honest with you, I found out about him through BSBD. Oh, wow. But that's because they had reached out to me because I was doing my own shit. And I didn't know no rappers in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Not one, because I didn't give a fuck about, you know, I didn't care. The only rapper that was really doing anything at that time, on like a global thing, it was like Macklemore or some shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, BSBD showed me Nacho and I was instantly like... What? This nigga's from here? I thought he was like from the Bay or some shit. I don't even know where I thought he was from, but I just didn't believe he was from Seattle. Wow. And then like a few days later, I met him and I was like, wow, this nigga is the coolest person of all time. Wow. And I was like a kid, so I was I thought he was just the coolest. And he kind of took me under his wing after that. Wait, so how'd you meet that the record label? Be what, what? Well, they're not really a label, bro. It, it, Blue Sky Black Death, you don't know who that oh, is? Oh, that's what, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I know BSBD, okay. bro. Um, they were they were managing him and like producing him at the same time. Oh shit! Yeah. See, that's the thing. I've I've heard and I've li- checked checked out um them before. Like I know their song yeah, with they, Gucci Mane and everything like that. Uh, are they still around at all? Nah, they both are around individually, but not as a group. Okay, and they're from they're originally from Seattle as well. I can't I can't confirm all that. Got it. I'm not 100 percent sure. Are they kind of like a similar situation like a Kung Fu Grip where they? broke up and then you're just saying they're just doing their own sound now or <laughs> um like are, no bro like um i can't really say i just know they they went separate ways and wow. they kept making music got it just probably under different names and shit got it so how old are you when your music's like your beats or your lyrics are catching people's attention 16 16 that's crazy young mm-hmm and you started when you were 15, you're saying? Mm-hmm. What did you do differently compared to other people, you feel like? <laughs> like, just, that's crazy. I just knew what to do innately. Not uh, from the internet or? No, nah, it was from the internet, but I just knew exactly what to do on the internet. Wow. I don't know how. I don't know. Ask Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> said, yeah, I just knew what to do. And I did it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've seen how everybody else was doing stuff. 
Facebook, like local campaign and like, oh, get your friends to spread this and that. I'm like, oh, okay. I felt like I didn't need none of that shit. And I guess I didn't. Um, I just, I just kind of made a niche for myself on the internet, like following people from out of state, like, um, fucking with my, my family down South and shit, like sending them my music and stuff like that. That's how I started fucking with Raider Clan and shit like that. So was it, was it more like you were just seeing what was successful or did you ever take like mental notes of people that were kind of like failing at what they were doing? Nah, I didn't, I didn't study nobody, bro. I just, I just kind of knew what to do like I said like I seen how people I seen what people were doing and I knew that that wasn't going to get them nowhere mm. sometimes local shit ain't how you do stuff exactly sometimes you have to start on a big platform and then like come back local and wow. that's kind of what I did I'm, I'm an all city kid like I'm really from where I'm from you know what I'm saying like niggas know me in my city every side so it's like once I started making music, everybody was like, oh, shit, Key's making music. Mm. It wasn't like, who's this nigga? It wasn't like that. It was like, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. So did you move out to L.A. the same time Nacho did, or how did nah, that work Um I actually used to live here in, like, 2014, 15. Gotcha. Drax House. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, actually, um, he was he, he moved out here last year. And then um, I did move out here. I was just about to get a spot. And then my dad passed away, so I moved back home for like a, a year. Sorry to hear. Yeah. Uh, moved back for like a year, and I just moved back like, what month is it? Oh, fuck. What is it? I'm so... May? May. I just moved back in April. Okay. Yeah. And how would you compare L.A. to Seattle? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't compare. Well, uh, they're very different places. Yeah, I was I, like I've been telling most of the guests I've been having that I, it's just been kind of shocking to me, like to see like the difference between LA and Seattle, Man, music wise, so culturally wise. Bro. They're so different, extremely. Um, but there's some similarities, you know what I'm saying? The West Coast pride is very strong on this whole coast, bro. You, we got, um, you know. You go up to Seattle, it's, it's still like that, too. Like, we got a California influence up there. We got a, a very strong Bay Area influence in Seattle. It's always been like that. So. And was it important for you to move out here for the music? Or I feel like everyone um, moves out here for different yeah, reasons. Absolutely. That's ultimately why I'm here. You know, opportunity. And have you found opportunity so far? Yeah, of course. What are some examples? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, get too far into myself, man. But um, just working with uh, people that I've always wanted to work with, meeting people that I never thought I'd meet, you know, just the typical L.A. shit. But it mm. it means a lot more when um when you come from somewhere where it's like ain't nobody made it. Mm. Um. At least not nobody that looks like me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what about Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yeah, that doesn't really <laughs> count for me, bro. I think it counts uh, for anyone. The reason why it doesn't really count for me is because I'm not a part of that era. And it was mm. so long ago to where it's like, like it, it don't really matter no more. Like, it matters. Right. But, like, we, the most recent, you know, there's uh, there's been a wave of shit going on, like Lil Mosey and 
you know, shit like that. But still, we still haven't even cracked the really service. Cracked the service yet? Like, wow. There's a lot. Com- there's a lot coming though. Like, there's the the wave of stuff that's going on right now is what's gonna break the glass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of amazing shit coming out of the city right now. So do you pay pretty close attention to what's going on Absolutely. in Seattle? I pay very close attention, but I always have because I feel like <laughs> not responsible, but like I feel like I broke the glass for all these niggas mm. in a way. Do people look at you like someone that do people reach like in Seattle look at you for like a handout or anything like that? I know handout like, no. People know that they can ask me for like advice or like how to do some shit or if you want to ask me about some music shit or some help with something. Niggas know they can reach out to me mm. for sure. So There's a lot of people that have. That I've, I've helped a lot of people. I don't really talk about it because it doesn't really matter. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. There we go. It's, it's like a responsibility thing. Do you think Macklemore does that now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what Macklemore does. I don't know Macklemore. Right. Uh, I never met him, so. Mm. Big ups to him or whatever, though. Like, good job. Right. But I don't know him. Have you paid attention to the Seattle sessions, or were you a part of it at all? Nah, um, I know the dude who shot him. Chase Fade. Chase Fade. I fuck with Chase. Um, I fuck with Chase. I fuck with a few of the artists that were in those sessions, but I'm not a super mixy dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I feel like everybody knows that about me, so I don't really get asked to do things like that. Mm. I may get um, asked individually by artists to do shit but like as far as like shit like that i don't be a part of shit like that it's because you don't want to be or is it just because yeah, I don't, i'm not really you know i could i could be like oh i'll send a beat or i don't know i'm All just right. not a cyphery kind of guy right yeah but I, th- I heard like some people like i think travis thompson maybe like a little mosey or someone mm-hmm. was able to like send their beats in afterwards or their Versus an afterwards or something like that. I don't know nothing about it, bro. Wow. I have no clue. I can't tell you nothing about how that shit went about. Wow. I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> Other than Chase Fade shot it and some of the homies are in it. There we go. That's it. So do you, do you, when you were coming up in Seattle, were you thinking that Seattle was going to come up along with you? Or did you could you tell that it still needed to work? Well, the angle I was coming from, I knew it wasn't going to come with me. Because my music career technically started in Florida. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? How? Well, I mean, just because the first rap group I was a part of was a, a big rap group for the underground. It was very influential. Raider Clan. Hmm. Do some research on it if you have to, but yeah. And that was out of Florida? Yeah. At birth, Denzel Curry, Space Ghost Perp. Um... Young Simi, a lot of, a lot of people. Oh shit! So um, ASAP Rocky, all of that. So you're basically like associate with all those guys, then. I am. That's dope. One hundred percent. Wow. So does that come down to like, you hope you make some of their songs or like credits or how does it? Have you guys all been in the same room or how does? Yeah. Wow. I prop, I'm with Denzel Curry every day. Really. That's my best friend. Holy shit. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, as far as like work from back then, like like I said, bro, I produced for people. Like I'm I was on Vince Staples' first project. Oh shit. Production wise. 
um yeah i've done a lot of shit um uh tyler the creator is a summer camp mix in 2011 he put me on that shit oh wow so i've just i've just been around doing stuff for a while see that's the thing did you feel like producers get to get farther ahead than artists when they're when they're coming up because I, I understand that you do rap as well, but I feel like producers have more to offer to up-and-coming. Um, that's why I kind of like being both. Got it. And it's always been that way, or was it always, was it? The reason why it's always been that way is because when I first started making music, nobody wanted to give me any beats. Hmm. I, they didn't know what my music sounded like. I was just asking niggas for beats because I wanted to rap, and nobody wanted to give me no beats. Now look at you. So I said, all right, I'll just make some. So I spent, you know, before I started rapping, I just spent like a couple months because I already knew how to make beats kind of because of, you know, I learned from the program when I was a kid. Um, of course, I wasn't using that same software to make beats now. I was using FL, but I just it was I was able to teach myself kind of quickly because I already had the gist of it in my brain. Mm -hmm. So. What, influ what, what about rap influenced you more than like an R&B that made you? I can't fucking sing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that um i don't know bro you're a kid in the late 90s early 2000s all you see is bet and 106 in park and um music videos on mtv still and my dad was a uh, into very into like music and shit like that so product of the environment type thing hell yeah there you go yeah so what's 2021 been like for you so far with this whole pandemic and everything um truly bro it's been the most f my life has changed for the most like the most in the most drastic ways mm. since the start of the pandemic is drastic a bad word? Yes. Oh, shit. It's bad and good. It's huh. life all in one. It's just crazy. No one would have like thought a pandemic like this would have happened. But I feel like no. there's so many previous pandemics that we should have somewhat been prepared. Sure, but, you know, Americans are retarded, bro. We're not prepared for anything. <laughs> That's the truth. We act like we are. They say we are, but we're really not. The only thing we're prepared for is, like, war or something. Oh, and shit. barely even that. Wow. So, so before Nacho comes, can you uh, give me a little rundown of how Cyanide Syndicate came to be? Sure. Me and him were both in really bad places mentally. Right now? No, we were. Oh. Were. I'm sorry. Did that sound like R? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know, no, no. We were in very bad places. Like, he was about to quit rapping. I was pretty much on the same page. <laughs> And me and him have, like I said, we've been friends for like 10 years now. Wow. Um, and we only have a handful of songs. So it's like, we were just like, bro, we should like do a tape or something. We're just kind of like joking. And, but we just um, said, fuck it, let's do it. Just went and had a studio session. We invited a keyboard kid because that's um, another good close friend of ours and shit. We've, we've all like been working together in the in the in the scene for like you know damn near 10 years so oh here's here's this nigga right now there I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you guys here bro yeah bro we can't get in <laughs> 
<laughs> oh shit. Um stay right here. Can you there pause the cameras? There they come Ladies and gentlemen, we got Nacho Picasso in the building. Damn. Dun, 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 dun. We got two thirds of Cyanide Syndicate. Shout out to Keyboard Kid. Happy man. birthday to Keyboard Kid. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. I, did you? I hope you told him happy I birthday. I saw it and then I went back to sleep. <laughs> oh, wow. What I a said, like a Facebook notification? I'm nigga happy birthday when I wake up. We might as well just tell him right now. Happy birthday. FaceTime. No, I'm going to call Are we going to sing him? Oh, okay. There we Are go. Are we going to sing him? What does that mean? Are we going to sing him? So Q is opening us up about how you guys came to be Cyanide Syndicate. So let's just hear your version. How did it come to be? So there was four turtles. Oh. And they were in the sewer. Okay. And Mike a little closer. TCGI dropped a canister of ooze oh, and shit. it hit the four turtles and then it got on a rat and then the rat found the turtles <laughs> and he taught them martial arts. Oh wow. And then, You're the those four turtles? But I thought there's three. Did one of them pass away? Oh, oh no, no. Oh, got no. Siska. Donatello. Happy birthday, bro. Damn, you went and got freshly twisted. Ooh, look at this thing. He got he trimmed his mustache. Damn, look boy. Look at, <laughs> look at that. Look at that butt, boy. boy he look like me, nigga. He look like me. I think I got a bunch of my mustache. <laughs> yeah, man. We all got the stash, man. The stash. We're stashed up. We're stash, bro. We got yeah. stash. It's healthy. Are you guys at the interview? Yeah. yeah. We out here, We'll get man. you on sometime. Hey. hey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, he just that nigga got the. He said, "Not so got the stash." Yeah, appreciate that, brother. It makes tell you so dub, much stronger. Tell Dub, I said, "What's up, man?" Oh, you yeah, tell me what's up. I said, "What's cracking?" Oh, he got the grill in. This nigga's bougie tonight. He got the he got the grill and he got the gold bottoms in there. Look at him. money. Oh, you niggas are cool. Yes, sir. Look, he got two chains on. Look at him. Yes, sir, man. Happy birthday, Can my you brother. You Love you, boy. All right, man. We're going to talk to you. All right. But yeah, I was the story of the Ninja Turtles. Wow. And that's how we became Cyanide. So, like, this is my family, man. <laughs> Honestly, I've been doing music for a while. A long time. You're yeah, an old man. I was pretty much bored with it, done with it. Um, We've always been so busy. We were always so busy having fun and being friends that we never really got to make the music that we wanted. We'd be in the studio together all the time, mm -hmm. but we didn't really get to make as many songs as we wanted to. We were always like, we'll, we'll get to it later. Right. <laughs> he go on tour, I go on tour. So I was like, well, shit, if I'm going to keep making music, I'm going to figure out how to have fun with it still. And... um I didn't want to rap by myself. I wanted to rap with my friends. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so when did... I reached out to Cisco. It's been like... We played phone tag for a long-ass time. So so we, we I was, it was supposed to be a nacho interview, and then like a month or two after we were about to set it up, he said Cyanide Syndicate had formed. So was he just late on telling me that? Like, when did Cyanide Syndicate come to be? Was this a recent thing, like past few months, or... Oh, bro. So we 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 were working on it secretly. Okay, you just man. Didn't tell nobody. Yeah, we, we were linking sure up. What was gonna happen? <laughs> because we was just we were just trying some shit out. Because like you said, like we've just been friends, just been chilling the whole time, just fucking around, and we were both 
kind of at our end of music. Not at our end, but just like didn't know what else kind to do. Kind of bored with just it. Just bored with shit. Like I was finna fuck around and change Bring the mic my, a little closer. Oh, I was finna fuck around and like change my name and do some shit like that. And he was finna just straight up quit. And I was like, bro, we should just do something. We never did nothing. So let's just see what happens. Wow. And then it just, we got a keyboard in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we just always been our bro, always been our fam. Yeah, so it was easy for him to get in on it because he's always wanted to work with us individually, like do projects. Oh, shit. And we were like, bro, we should just do one together, always. I yeah. want to know, how the fuck did you get a Harry Fraud whole ass project? Oh, man. God, what? That is insane. Shout out to, to Harry Fraud, man. Shout out to Harry Fraud. It's whole surf school family. That's still family to this day. Um, but, uh, I was blessed, man. I was blessed. Really, we was arguing about who was our favorite producers in the studio one night. Mm. And I was I was riding hard for Harry Fraud. Wow. And then I, so I reached out and, um, man, shit just showed so much love. Went down to New York. You oh, know, I ain't shit. have no New York, no New York people. You know, he gave me a little bass. Um, gave me a little direction, you know, just gave me a, a, a foundation on the East Coast, you know. Wow. Hell, man, I stayed in the studio, and we just, shit, we just worked, man. He's just good people, a whole crew, man. So, yeah, I was blessed, man. I reached out, and, and you know, he's a busy man, but he he's one of the people who could be working on nine, ten projects at once. Mm. Just What was that one song on that project where you shot the video and it had the bitches on the boat? Is that in the trunk or in the trunk? In, the, in trunk. the trunk. That's what I thought. I love in that song. Trunk. I still love that song. That's a great song. Yeah. It wasn't nothing about Donald Trump either. Niggas thought I was. Yeah, I know. Trump, was Trump wasn't even talking no politics. Then I put Back that song then, yeah. out. I'm the one who gave him the confidence <laughs> to do you that and, punk you and shit. Mac Miller. Yep. And Ray Tremor, too. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys are yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. Piss that nigga off. Oof. Fuck him, no. But uh, yeah. His song was just about doing cocaine in his hotel. Uh, shit, I'm sure he, he Very does. family oriented. Yeah, I'm sure it's shit he's song. done. <laughs> but they had uh, bitches on boats and shit. Yeah. I wanted to be in the video, but I think I was at school. Oh, yeah, you can't, can't get off school. I don't no, like I, boats. I, I didn't go to school anyway. He told like, me he was 15 when he met you. That's insane. Yeah. Yo, this dude was, you know, 15 in age, but obviously now he's like 60 years old. <laughs> he's a dog. So when I met him at 15, we were like the exact same age. <laughs> it's like an old ass man in a little kid's body. I didn't know he was 15. Oh, I, I was more familiar with his music, and I was like, this nigga's from Seattle? And I was like, then I was like, this nigga is a... a a child? <laughs> and then he showed up. I'm like, no, this nigga is. He's how do you this nigga snuck into school or something? He's at least 25. Yep. So I was not. He's a, he was always like, as far as music goes, he was always the understanding that he had for music and different genres and layers of it. It, it was uh, like well beyond his years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so in, in the studio, you wasn't in there with no 15-year-old. He had already been doing music for so long. This nigga was at least 32. <laughs> wow. So break down how you, when did you move to L.A.? I just got uh, Key's side on how he moved here. How did you end up in L.A.? I moved here about a year ago. I moved here about the week the pandemic Literally. went out. Uh, <laughs> right when it started, he moved to Like, LA. I was on planes. Everything was normal. We had just came back from <laughs> fucking Nebraska. 
Oh shit! Yeah. What's in Nebraska? We're Nothing. shooting a music video. <laughs> <laughs> we were out there Not a filming. Damn thing. Uh, Nebraska is cool because they have like a, a a film something that within their law where you don't have to pay as much on the film tax. Unlike oh, Seattle, fuck yeah. that. Or L.A. Shit. Oh shit! They'll, they'll knock on your hotel and ask if you're filming a video up here. Like, you know, you can't be filming no video. I'm like, nigga, who is filming the video? Hide the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. And you were just telling me in the elevator you actually got COVID, too. Yeah, I thought I was going to die. Was it the beginning of the pandemic or was it halfway through? or Christmas. You got it on Christmas? Yeah, I was in the hospital Christmas Eve. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. Scaring the shit out of me. Oh, man. It was the only time he has ever been scared in his life. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Yeah, I've known this nigga for 10 years and he's never been scared. Wow. Now, well, at least not to me. He's I've never expressed s- that he was ghosts. scared to me. Nigga. You saw, you believe I've, in ghosts? Oh, I've seen ghosts my whole life. I'm like the black six cents nigga. I've seen ghosts. I've fought ninjas. I've fought <laughs> eight shug knights. And I've, you know, dodged bullets miraculously, you know. You're but I, I've never been scared is when I had that COVID. Was it because of like the media or did you actually feel like you're a little gonna- bit was the media? Okay. You know what I'm saying? It had to be mm. like I had it when niggas was like dying left and right to the point where when I went to the hospital, they put us in a tent in the parking lot. <laughs> Fuck. So then I really thought I was going to die because I'm in a tent in a parking lot with all these sick people. And I'm like, they ain't even putting us in the hospital. <laughs> oh my God. Nigga, we are dying. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm Mexican, so I'm praying in Spanish <laughs> oh, with all these old ladies. I'm like, fuck it, a prayer is a prayer. Uh, we are gonna die. We are outside, and uh, it was rough. It was rough. Jeez. Um. So, yeah, I, I a lot of people have had it, and everyone experienced something different. I've had friends whose parents, moms, or something have passed straight yeah. up. Oh shit. You know, gone. And then I've had motherfuckers who's that going to parties like I can't smell shit. <laughs> like, all right, you lucky motherfucker. I was over here like, oh, like wow. I was a fish out. Of, I I had asthma when I was a kid. That COVID shit woke that motherfucker back up. Uh, <laughs> I said, oh, fuck. my asthma's been reignited. But you know, I bounced back. I remember as soon as I healed up, I went to the gym. I've never been stronger in my life. Like no Two seventy five. I was like. <laughs> Add 300 more pounds. <laughs> it was crazy. So you could survive it and you get like this after COVID strength. That's wild. It's like, is that your kryptonite then? If they're, if they're going to make a comic book about you fighting ninjas and stuff. My kryptonite would be water. I could, I never learned how to swim. Hey, I can relate. I sink like a, niggas be like, relax, you'll float. I'd be sitting at the bottom of the pool watching everybody <laughs> rise. I'm like, nigga, not me. Yeah, I can't float neither. Really? Even you're, you guys are from Seattle. There's tons of lakes, Lake Washington, <laughs> beaches. I ain't going in that It's dirty always raining. Nigga, we got about two months to enjoy some good weather. If but that water be green. <laughs> it is true. Jump in Lake Washington. <laughs> and oh, it should God. be green. You're going to get out with ringworm. Yeah. Oh, shit. You got little microscopic things swimming Wait, out really? through your pee hole and shit. They dumped yeah. sewage in Lake Washington in the eighties. I did not know that. Yeah. That's what. Oh, that's cool. oh, man. That's, that's, that's where you guys came from, Seattle the Ninja Turtles. Rumor. It's green, that's man. Not a rumor, that's the truth. <laughs> it's green. They had to clean that shit up. 
Now, I, don't, I don't swim, but if I did swim, I wouldn't swim in that water. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I would choose it. Man, there was a pool in my neighborhood. <laughs> it was a famous pool, and all niggas did is smoke weed and fight on top of it. We ain't, ain't no one from the Central District yeah, learn how to swim in no mega ever. Nobody went Nigga, there that was a swim. fighting arena. Oh, God. It literally is shaped <laughs> like an arena, though. Yeah, wow. we go meet at the pool and watch niggas get put on games. <laughs> I mean, it's wow. either that or you was one of the black kids that skateboarded there when nobody was up there fighting. Nobody uh, swam, no. I'm jealous. I got a nice pool at my my place now. And you can't swim still? No, but I'll go in the four feet part and I go underwater <laughs> and I come out like Aquaman, like slow motion and just imagine. Wow. You know, I can still pretend, nigga. I go underwater <laughs> and do some wiggly shit. Cu- as long as my feet can touch, I'm straight. But you have like a pool floaty, right? Just float in the middle of the pool? You don't even do that? Or? Nah, because... Oh, you'll drown if you... If I fall off... I've drowned before. One time I... Oh, shit. I've been saved. I've... If I didn't, man. I drowned too, bro. Holding Me on to too. another person shit, for your dear shit, life is the worst feeling. That's why I don't go in the water no more. I, oh, God. I, I was at uh, Lake Washington. Not Lake Washington. Green Lake. Oh, you know how you got we were just swim. there. You know how you got to swim to that little island oh. thing on, on the, where they got the diving board? So, nigga, I fucked around and did a backflip, right? Over-rotated, nigga. Board. I did a backflip. I over-rotated. <laughs> I over-rotated, though. So I was about to do a double backflip, nigga. Sideways. Smack the water, nigga. Like oh. a sideways belly flop. Ow. All the wind left my body. I seen myself sink and I was like, oh, well, this is it. That's what happens. I, I like, felt wow. the same way. I was literally watching the light. And then my cousin dove in the water, all heroic and shit. Oh, like God. a movie and like saved me. I, yeah. I owe that nigga my life to this day. Wow. I'm just impressed you made it to the little thing. I used to go to yeah, the... Yeah, I, I knew how to swim enough to where I wasn't going to die. But once no? the air was gone, bro, I couldn't do nothing. What? You have someone up here? Once the air was gone, it was over. Ask him if we can book another hour. You remember there was a rope and you ain't supposed to cross the rope if you can't swim? So I would go to that rope and hold on to it and then put my head on the do not go on and feel strong. But I got the rope still, so I'm not going to sink. But that was as close as I ever got to the little island. I really can't swim. I like getting in the water and then I have to be right next to the dock too, so I can not drown. But I like floating in the water. You know? Yeah, I go to the pool and I scale along the side of it. Oh, I feel like Pac-Man or something yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's what real people do. Wow. You don't to be swimming in the water like that. Drowned. So tell me your obsession with comic books. I know like everyone loves comics, but it seems like when people talk to you, like you just live and breathe comic and Marvel or superheroes or. Man, that was the only escape I had like growing up. Like the first thing I ever tried to steal was a comic book. And I kept going in there and I was trying to build up my courage. And I kept looking at this Batman comic book, but then I would go back home and I'll come back. After, like, the third time, the dude was like, hey, bro, just take the fucking comic book. Oh, shit. No, no, no. <laughs> so obvious. I was like, should I take it? Should I take it? Go on. He's like, come on, man. Just take the comic book. But uh, there was a comic book store I used to sweep up in elementary school, and they give me free comics. Oh, shit. And shit, man. First of all, I like comics because it was the pictures. I used to t- try to draw the pictures, you know? Mm. So then I started reading the stories. And it was just like an escape as a kid. Wow. You know, imagination only take you so far. But I still live like a comic book life. There we go. Are you more of a DC guy or a Marvel guy? I'm more of a Marvel guy. I think you got to be Marvel for the comic books. 
because DC like, has better darker movies. I feel like, but like as they as, as you get older, you get into DC. But as a kid, yeah. like we read exactly X Men. Yeah, and we were, you know, what I'm saying, like Marvel was older, running shit. When and then you, get you get older, older, you get into DC because it's more violent and graphic. Yeah, but mm. Marvel had Spider Man, like True. that's what gets you first. Hulk, Wolverine, little shit like that. But really, I'm more of an image guy. Mm. I like the Renegade comics, like Spawn. Oh, like when I, that's I was my shit. yeah. I think they're making a new Spawn soon, movie wise. They're trying to. They're trying. The first to. one, the first movie was kind of weird. It was. I had the game on PS2. Oh shit! Yeah, one of the rarest PS2 games of all time. Really? Have you beat it though? <clears throat> Hell no, I didn't beat it. It was extremely hard, but it's a great game though. Yeah, have you? I feel like I could see you dressing up as Spawn for Halloween. Yo, it ain't even gotta be <laughs> Halloween. I dress oh, up God. like Spawn. I fuck around and really do some shit. Yeah, like man. Phoenix Jones. Shout out to Phoenix Jones, man. They're actually friends. Really? Well, I wouldn't say friends. They're friends. <laughs> We've had a couple encounters. Oh, God. Yo, yeah. one time, this, like, a hundred Samoans were trying to beat me up for some reason. And I was, I was like, egging them on because I was trying to get to my car. I was like, yeah, come on. And they were, like, fucking, like, a whole rugby team. And then I was getting to my car and Phoenix Jones came out of nowhere and he was like, Nacho, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Took out his like, pepper spray. And I'm like, I'm at this, I'm like backpedaling from like a whole like booyah tribe. And I'm backpedaling just trying to get to my car. And he's like, Nacho, get out of here. And I'm like, fuck you, Phoenix. I'll get your help. But really, if they would have caught me, bro, we wouldn't be doing this oh, interview. God. Like just follow me a little further, motherfuckers. But uh, Felix Jones is a cold cat, man. I ain't gonna talk about too much about him right now because he's fighting a couple cases. Yeah, is he in prison right now or jail right now? I think he's fighting a uh, dope charge. Right Dude, now. I was trying to reach out to him like, um, yeah. like last year, him and his girlfriend got cut up, cut up in some stuff. Yeah, I, I love Phoenix, man. Uh, I want to say, you know, in a comic book, just as a comic book, dude. Like, uh, it feels to me like maybe the Seattle Police Department's framing him. <laughs> you know, they, you know how they did Spider-Man and, and Batman and shit. Like, come on, man. Hey, look, I did a lot of drugs in my time. And, uh, you know, I heard some rumors and shit, but I'll be real. I ain't never did no blow with Phoenix. <laughs> and so as far as wow. I'm concerned, this is like the, the uh, what's the shit? The Daily Bugle or oh, something. Oh, fuck. James Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah, they just fuck mad because he was fighting crime. <laughs> and they wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard, I heard his brother and him both do like MMA or something like that. Yeah, yeah he'd be whooping, he be whooping motherfuckers' ass. Because oh, in Seattle, you could whoop a motherfucker's oh, ass. Mutual shit. combat. Mutual combat law. That Kwame Brown shit. Mm -hmm. He challenged us. Uh, Stephen A. to mutual combat. Man. No, he what? said, "Meet me in Seattle." Oh, that's so funny. You know how how many Brown. cases I would have if, as long as a, a motherfucker wants to fight you, you can fight them, and it's not. And wow. it's, you can't just punch an innocent person. Who doesn't they have to accept. Fight. But if you want to fight and I want to fight, we can call the police okay. and tell them to come referee it, and oh, they will shit. pull up, and they will let you fight until it's wow. over. That's mutual combat. It's like shit. Let's think about it. Two motherfuckers want to fight. Let them motherfuckers fight. Wow. As long as nobody dies, shit. And why is that in Seattle? Is it not? It's not anywhere else, really, or it's I'm somewhere sure. else. But it's probably a couple other places. It's, but it's, it's just notor it's, it's a notorious thing Seattle. in Seattle. But wow. Yeah. You can smoke you weed. Can even, you can even have kicked. mutual combat with a police officer. Really? And yeah. you won't get arrested afterwards. Yeah. 
I've seen it happen. I've I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that's the thing. As a kid, I ain't seen it happen in a long time. But you as can. a kid, I you saw. Can. I mean, if you're black, you probably shouldn't do it. Okay. No, I, I've if seen it happen. If you're a nigga, don't do it. I've but, seen you know. it happen. Okay. seen it happen downtown. Who won? The cop. Because he had like, his, <laughs> he had his utility belt, belt? or Nah, he took all that shit off and his badge. And they went to the alley and they squared up and they ran it. <laughs> and we let the nigga go home ass. after <laughs> oh, He God. was talking shit But this wasn't no normal cop This was a cop that was notorious for working like the beat uh, Like he's a cop that when you Niggas knew him by name oh, Like he's one of them cops like oh shit So and so's coming Like he, he'll pull up and tell you what you're doing He, oh, he wasn't like one of those square cops Wow. And the dude was talking shit. Boy, if he wasn't a cop, boy, I'll beat your ass. He said, I'll take this badge off and we could run it right now. And everyone, like school, everybody who was down there went to the alley and watched this dude really just run it. <laughs> and it was just straight from the shoulders. They just threw a couple rounds and he just kind of was tapping them up a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he had hands. <laughs> <laughs> and the nigga was young who he was fighting. This was like some uncle fighting his nephew at the barbecue. It was fucked Sheesh. up. Oh, God. Yeah, but, he know he got fucked up. But he didn't. He had that uncle strength. Yeah, he was an old fucking angry man. He was probably on steroids and shit. <laughs> oh, God. But it was, a, it was a fair one. Wow. <laughs> so I still don't really understand how you got your name. It's such a unique, obscure name. And I... I don't feel like anyone's, maybe someone's asked you. I just don't know it. Like, At this point, I don't even know, man, tell the truth. I've been lying for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Man, part. I've been telling niggas it came to me in dreams. That's the, that's the favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite. Uh, that's the favorite. That's the favorite. That's the favorite. You want to know what I really think? You like nachos and you like Picasso? I think. See, when you. I'm gonna get deep real quick. Okay. You know, niggas. So when you like actors, they speak words. They think, oh, they're just acting. Yes, the words are powerful. Mm -hmm. You're speaking words, right? I think I was in the studio and somewhere along I got possessed by oh. a a spirit. He's like, yeah, I feel it. It's, man, I used to be writing and be like, where is this shit coming from? Okay. And it's the worst shit I ever heard. Suck my dick a hundred times. I'm doing, <laughs> oh I'm, doing, I'm doing coke off your titties. But I was actually doing coke off your titties. And, uh, but it was just like, what the fuck? So like, I was like, at this point, I'm like, I don't, it was, I don't know. Nacho is kind of like an entity at this point. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like if you watch Jujitsu Kaisen, okay. the nigga got, he's possessed. And but now he learned how to control it, so now you know now I'm I got it under control. But for a minute, that nigga was running the show, had me doing all kinds of wild shit. I'm gonna just blame everything I did from 2013 to 2017 on that nigga. There you go. Yeah. But how does those two words even come into the same sentence ever? That's so crazy. That's what I'm saying. But do you think? Do, don't you think that encourages why people? <laughs> She's scared. She's like, this nigga is paranormal, but I am. Is that why people think you might be Mexican though? Because you got the nacho in the front. I think they think I'm Mexican because I'm bald headed. The nacho in the front, <laughs> and it's the bald headed, and it's the tattoos. Oh wow! I think because I've tried to describe people to him before. And they're like, "What is he Mexican?" And I'm just like, "No." Yeah, what are you? And then like, I'm black. People will ask me, like, they'll see a picture of me and him, and they're like, oh, he's Mexican or something. 
And then I'm just like, no. I'll tell you what, I've been to a million black festival community things in Seattle. And I never felt at home as when I accidentally went to the Puerto Rican Day Parade <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Yo, they were so happy to see me. Let uh, me tell you, I started, I said, well, shit, maybe I am Puerto Rican. <laughs> These niggas are looking exactly like me. And they were just coming up, giving me so much love. I'm like, normally, <laughs> normally I got to fight me a nigga. Like, they're coming up, women that don't even know me, like older aunties just giving me hugs, speaking Spanish to You're me. home. And at first I was like, you know, I don't under speak Spanish. After a minute, I stopped saying this shit. I started pretending to understand because the love that I was getting oh, wow. was, you know. But, you know, we're all just people. We're all, man, DNA is a motherfucker. Maybe I am a <laughs> motherfucker. Have you never you done people. a DNA and me thing? I shit said I was Nigerian. Said <laughs> <laughs> well. I was Nigerian, Irish, and uh, from the fucking Congo. It said it makes <laughs> sense. Cause I'm a strong nigga and I be stealing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am strong Irish Nigerian dude. Yeah. Wow. But who knows, man? We're we're human and that sucks already. So mm. like yeah. fucking gotta be human. So we're already like in the dumpster. As easy Gibson was saying you look like West Side Gun, but I don't really know if I see that. Nah. I really do. I've heard everything. You know, I honestly look in the mirror and I look like a handsome motherfucker. <laughs> but I've heard everything from Chris Brown to uh, oh god, what's the one nigga from Miami? Uh, uh, Gunplay. <laughs> Gunplay. Oh, yo, fuck. that's the closest one. Gunplay is dope. When I was on, that's the closest. When one. I was doing cocaine, First I one. saw him at an airport. Or no, it was a hotel <laughs> in Atlanta, and I saw that nigga, and we both looked at each other like, damn. Who's your daddy, nigga? Oh, God. <laughs> and that was when I was hella skinny and all coked out. My cheekbones were all hot. Like, I said, damn, nigga, who's your daddy? It looked like me with dreadlocks. It was wild. Nah, man, your dad might have been in Florida for a little bit. Oh, bro. God. I honestly just looked like me. You know, I look like however, whatever, however God was feeling that day. Wow. Yeah. He said, whoops. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? I think I was... I know I was young enough that I had to ask my mom's permission. No, actually, before that, I I got a uh, home tattoo when I was in seventh grade. Okay. And seventh uh, fuck wait seventh grade you said. Yo, before that, I drew tattoos on me, like since kindergarten. Just like Sharpie you're talking about, or like you had a whatever kind of pens. I would draw little nicknames. I was like a sailor in my past life. Like my okay. whole life, I ain't even know nobody with tattoos. <laughs> Kids used to get the little fake tattoos and put them on their arms. I used to put them on my neck and my face. Oh my God. I was always destined to be tatted. I saw American Me, and in the beginning of the movie, they were getting roses tattooed on their arms when I was like fucking eight. And I just, every day my mom would scrub my arm and oh, I would God. draw another rose. I just wanted to be tatted. Wow. So I found some sus-ass dude who said he could tap me. At seventh grade, wow. Yeah, Holy and shit. he was probably only in ninth grade. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> it was not a tattoo, dog. It was like a brand mixed with, like, <laughs> it was like if you branded someone and poured ink into it. It was so <laughs> fucked up. God. And I was trying to hide it. And at the time, um, I wasn't living with my mom. Uh, you know, I was like living with like a, um, 
like a placement, like foster, like you know, some family, you know, court order shit. Yeah. So they already think I'm like, you know, they're trying to keep an eye on me. So now I'm trying to hide this fucking okay. tattoo that doesn't even look like a tattoo. Looks like an infection. So then they discover it, and then they think I'm like cutting myself, and I'm like, I had to explain it. I'm like, no, nah, it's supposed to be a J, but it looks like a four because I wanted to be able to see it. It wanted it to look like a J to me, so yeah. I was looking at a J. <laughs> to them, they're like, this guy's a four on his arm. Wait, what gang is that? <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, but if you look like this, it's a J. So yeah. So by the time I turned 18, I had like all these little fucked up tattoos from like, I mean, we picked up a hitchhiker. In high school. Do not tell me he tattooed you. Yo, we were like, what do you got in your bag? And he was like, tattoo equipment. Oh, God. <laughs> he was like a sus, like, fucking homeless oh, yeah. dude. But he had tattoo equipment, bro. And we were like, yo. <laughs> we were like, yo, how much to tat us up? And he's like, you guys got some drugs? Oh, God. And we're like, yo, we got, we're naming all these little drugs that we had. We were like little bad kids. And we're like, yeah, we got, we got coke, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you give me some of this and a couple dollars, I'll tattoo you guys up all night. So we're like, what the fuck? Yeah, hell yeah. So we go to the homie's basement, give this guy a whole bunch of drugs. The nigga takes the drugs before he starts No, holy fuck. (laughs) Yo, like 12 of us had crooked fucking weird tattoos spelled wrong. The ink was like hella jail-like. So like by the time I turned 18, there's this professional dude who I've been trying to get to tap me since I was 15. He's been telling me no. Wait till you're 18. Mm. So I come in when I'm 18 and I got all these fucked up little tattoos. I'm like, look what I did. So we spent three years covering those up. Oh, and then he's been tapping me up ever since. How old is this man at this point then? Um, I don't know, but he looks good. Wow. I feel like if you have tattoos, no matter what, you just look cool. Are you worried about aging, though? Like, them becoming wrinkly or whatever when, happens to tattoos? When you're old, you're going to have to pay to get your dick sucked anyway. No one's going to want to look at your regular wrinkly skin. I figure your colorful go. wrinkly skin will look a little cooler <laughs> <laughs> when they put you in the, uh, in the old people home. Who who you think is going to be cooler? The old man that looks like all the other old men? Okay. Or the old man who hit up with the neck tattoo. Well, you're saying old people in retirement homes pay people to suck them off? Well, before they, <laughs> before they go. Before they get to the old oh, home. Oh, yeah, I thought one, you were talking about in the... Once you nah. get to the old once home... You, and then there's the old, old ladies there. You just got to get there. some pity pussy. Like, I'm dying in three weeks. Can I get a hand job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let me take my pill first. Oh, Yo, my, my sister used to work at a retirement home when she was, like, in high school. And she said all the old men were hella crazy, always trying to flirt with the little uh, wait, uh, ladies and shit. And she said there was a dude who was a biker, and he was the only cool one because he had tattoos. Oh, she wow. could tell he was about that life. Yeah. All the other ones all look the same. You know how once you get a certain age, everybody looks the fucking same? Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking dandelion. Wow. <laughs> like a fucking prune. Blow their hair off and make a wish. Oh, like, God. What about you, Key? When when was your first tattoo? Uh, my first tattoo was when I was like uh, nineteen, and it was supposed to be a capsule corp uh, thing. I got it done at you remember Bolo's old house. Oh man, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, on Cap Hill, mm-hmm. you know, the white boy that used to live there. Like it wasn't about, a I don't remember his pump. name, um, but yeah, it was uh, some homemade tattoo equipment, 
That shit hurt like a motherfucker. Jesus. I had I got pictures of it. There's pictures. <laughs> but I covered it up with this. I got this professionally done. The dude that did this. What is it? It's um a- it's a it's a baby. Oh. Star child. It's a star child. Oh shit, are you guys into that? Like uh, indigo am, children? Yeah, we are. I just I have a second so, podcast um, and my um first episode was Indigo Children mm. and it just reached a thousand views. And I was like, oh shit. On the wrong podcast. We yeah, need bro. to come talk about ghosts. <laughs> yeah, and and indigo children. And oh, so this is the universe child. This is um so I have this little thing. It's like a little inside thing with some of my friends. It's just Children of the stars. Okay. Basically. Too much. Shut up. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that's that. I covered it up with this. The dude who who actually did this, he was a really big fan of uh Raider Clan and shit like that. He wow. uh, passed away last year. Um he, man, I, I was trying to get back to him for him to do the rest of my tattoos too. And once I finally got back, I hit him up and he never hit me back. And then um, one of his close friends hit me and told me he had passed. And I was like, damn, I just got back to L.A. too. Wow. It was fucked up. And what, yeah. what's, the, what's the most recent tattoos you guys have gotten? I got the Cyanide Syndicate tattoo. Oh, you actually went all the way in? Oh, yeah. Wow. It, it's not hard to go all the way in when it's... Your best friends, basically. Yeah. What about you? I just booked the first appointment in like a year. Um Cause I don't really got much space. My legs, head, everything's pretty much covered. But your eyelids? Nah, <laughs> I'm still pretty right here. <laughs> right here. We can keep the glasses yeah, on. That's where we keep it. We keep it clean. But I have my inner thighs. <laughs> my inner thighs are bare. Be careful. Uh, I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get hentai tentacles coming down. Really? I scheduled the appointment. I'm ready. Well, it's the only just, place I got really left, and then, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hentai monster. Oh, finally, God. finally, it's your the transformation is real. Oh God, it's gonna hurt a little bit, but whatever. I don't got too many tattoos left. Like I'm pretty much almost. Would you say like it's over a hundred? Oh, for sure. Like my legs, my head, my back, all this shit. Like my my butt is. <laughs> Like, you got them on your event, ass? No, but, event, <laughs> but, but but my ass is so blank right now, it's like standing out. Now my ass is the outcast, so like eventually I'm going to have to go there because I'll be in the mirror like, man, who's fucking pale ass? There's just a yellow ass there. Everything else is all cool looking. Like eventually I'm going to have to figure Get Cyanide out. Syndicate there. No. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, but shit. I've been looking at Yakuza books. Oh, because you know, shit. Yakuza, I'm basically to the point where I'm basically tatted as a Yakuza dude. Wow, and I'm like, how do they get their butts covered in a in a cool way? You know? <laughs> so I've been looking Yakuza at Japanese porn. dudes' butts <laughs> in magazines, the but, FBI's uh, watching you trying to get some good ideas because I don't want to get like a cherry on my butt, <laughs> I want like a stripper booty tattoo. <laughs> Don't I gotta get, get some manly shit. Nacho chip. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> if anything, I'm just gonna have to get a full mural. The Doritos logo. I don't want it to look like There's a, a, a tattoo on my butt. Huh? What about the like a Superman or something? Ring, though, too. 
No, I'm not getting any man on my butt. <laughs> I have so many naked women on my body, and then there's just a buff man on my butt. That's not going to work for That's me either. Terrible. I'm thinking more like some. I like whatever you get on your butt is just going to be weird. So I feel like you should just get like maybe just get hella clouds. <laughs> hey man, just give me some fillers. <laughs> just make this shit work somehow. That's just hella sm- booty smoke. If you got hella clouds, you'd just be dead ass. Oh, dead hey. ass. There we go. I'll just get a graveyard. Dead ass. <laughs> dead ass. All the dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dead ass. Get a graveyard on your butt. <laughs> dead ass, son. <laughs> oh, God. This is what happens when you get tattooed so young. And then you oh. don't really plan like it through. So then this is like a puzzle. Like, damn, there's a weird, weird space on my butt cheek I need to fill. Like, come on, man. Do you this- have any superheroes, though, on your like tattoos? Gotta think about it. No, I don't think so. Macho Man, a real life superhero. There we go. Yeah, man. When Macho Man died, I got a Macho Man R.I.P. tattoo. Damn. That's my nigga. When I was little, there was these wrestling pillows. You know, kids got like their little comfy blanket, like security blanket. I had a little wrestling pillow. Oh shit! And it was Macho Man, and I didn't go nowhere without that nigga. It was like a my buddy pillow. Wow. And then when I was like five years ago, my babysitter from when I was little hit me up and was like, <laughs> all I remember about you is you always had that Macho Man pillow. Oh, God. I was like, nah, that was actually Macho Man. That wasn't a Macho Man pillow. He's a very important person to me in my life and my development as a hum- as like a man, you know? As a Macho Man. Yeah, my father wasn't around, so I was like, Imagine what my dad would be like. And I was like, he'd be like macho man. <laughs> wow. You feel me? <laughs> so, yeah, macho man raised me. Shout out macho man and his family. Yeah, they're doing great. There we go. I got that Slim Jim money for sure. So tell me about your time in like Seattle and like the artists and everyone you've met. Like, your, Tell me about like your era. I've interviewed Sam and Jarv. How was that? Which one? Both of them equally or? Yeah. Sam's dope. I interviewed him three days before he went to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sam, man. And he's doing his thing with like all of these like up and coming Seattle artists. He's like putting out songs. And I think he has like a little collective he's trying to form. So that's and, pretty exciting. And you met our bro uh, Jarv. You know, I came up with Jarv. That's my yes. brother. You know, that's family. Wow. Yeah, he's doing, uh, he's doing, um, house music right now yeah that's what i wanted to talk to you about because like you're close to them so i feel like we're it's fine that's just so cool to me at this point you know been doing music so long for you to be able to jump genres and shit it's a cool song to find ways to to have fun with it yeah he has a huge funko pop collection he was telling me about anything man yeah first off he's like the CeeLo green of seattle (laughs) facts that's what I have to say. Yeah, he has a huge Funko Pop collection. But I'm, I'm going to shit on him a little bit. I remember when he first started the Funko Pop collection, I seen him taking them out the box. And I was, I was the nigga who said, I don't really collect. You know, I collect a lot yeah. of toys and shit. I said, I don't know if you're supposed to take them out the boxes, bro. I think the whole purpose is keeping them in the boxes. But then I looked up, and this nigga has, like, a million of them now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He has, like, a whole wall. I so think, he's, he surpassed me for sure. Yeah, I showed him a new spot that I didn't even know about. Um, 
where was it? It was in Seattle. It was like near Pike Place. There's this like there's like a Pike Place mall kind mm -hmm. of like in this like skyscraper. Yeah. And like one of the levels there was it was like called a Golden Age or Golden Books or something like that. And there's like so many Funko Pops. And I was like, you should check that out. And he's like, oh shit. I'd be down here in the toy district going crazy. Dude, I was so we we were me and Lindsay were talking. We were looking at like Skid Row, and like doing research on it. And the toy district's right in Skid Row, though. Man, Skid Row is everywhere. Skid Row is like Aurora in Seattle. If you look up, <laughs> you'd be in Federal Way and be like, am I at Aurora? Right. <laughs> There's a little Skid Row everywhere in LA, man. I'm convinced. Wow. It's some long motherfucker, man. But the toy district is cool. You know what I'm saying? They got this store that's uh, only in Japan, and the only other one is in LA. Wow. I go down there, man. Ooh. You're going to have to take my card from me. They got everything. I, my cases are full, so I'm not allowed to buy any more uh, anime figures for a while. Nowhere to put them. They're taking over the fucking house. Are kids scared of you when you go into a toy store with all your tattoos and stuff, though? I don't know. No, I don't give a fuck about them kids. Cool. <laughs> I'm, ex I'm about pushing their face. Move, nigga. Trying to see the fucking toys, nigga. <laughs> I don't watch anime since you was a twinkle in your mama's eye, wow. little nigga. Don't tell me shit. I'm trying to take the same toys they're taking. I'm like, what the fuck do you know about Fist of the North Star? You're fucking 10. But, nah, I hope not. Do I scare kids? I don't know. I scared the shit out that kid we seen oh. in the hallway today. So why the fuck did he look at me like that? This little kid ran around the corner seeing this nigga and ran right back around the corner. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You know how little kids, when they're scared, they take like two steps because they're not sure what they're seeing. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like kids though, so if I don't gotta talk to them, I don't really mind them like not talking to me. Wow. Like my little nephews and shit think I'm a kid. Every time something about kids, when I come over room full of adults, I'd be the oldest nigga in the room. And the, the kid table? comes up to me and thinks I'm here to play with him. I'm like, nigga, I am here to see your father, nigga. The kid pulling on my leg every time. Oh, God. So, like, kids do like me. If they're not scared of me, then they just like me too fucking much. So, <laughs> it's like, I, I'd rather them be scared of me at this point. Like, <laughs> get the fuck off me. Why is your kid punching me in the nuts? I'm trying to have this adult <laughs> conversation. <laughs> wow. But kids do like me sometimes. Sometimes. Once they get to know me. Because I, I, I'm one of the few adults that remember what it's like to be a kid. Because I never really stopped. <laughs> so it's like, I get it, nigga. Do what you do. What about like your audience-wise? Like when you do throw concerts, are there kids in it or more like adults? It's fucking every age, man. It's, wow. a, it's weird. It's weird. It's from, it's it's like, uh, you know how like the um, Netflix would be like, this show's for 12 to 16. Yeah. Should be like, this show's for like 13 to 52. Like, yo, niggas... And their dads have came like, yo, my, your show was like the first rap show I ever got my dad to come to with okay. or come with me to or some bullshit. But then they'll be like, sometimes I've seen like dudes with their kids like and take their kid up out of there while I'm singing. Um, Like I'm up there singing a certain lyric um, and I've literally seen fathers like cover their kids okay. ears and take them out of the, and that's, that's the best feeling. I said, oh, 
I'll do that one again. <laughs> I know why they're taking the kid out. I was screaming, fuck him again. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a kid's concert. <laughs> I heard the name Nacho Picasso. <laughs> thought it was like Baby Shark. <laughs> I just come out there just doing the worst shit. Like, nah, like if we, First of all, kids are bad. Like, all the shit I'm saying now, I was saying when I was 14. But grown-ups don't know that. But, like, yeah, I don't think you should maybe be at a show if you're, like, 12 or something. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, me, myself, my mom took me to a Sir Mix-a-Lot show when I was 12. Oh, he wow. brought girls on stage. They pulled their titties out. They were twerking. I'm like 12. I'm like, whoa, actual titties. This is like not even showtime. <laughs> oh, some shit. drunk lady kicked me. I said, like, mom, some lady keeps kicking me. My mom's like, kick her back. So like the drunk lady comes back to kick me. I'm 12. I catch her leg and I give her the sweep, sweep her other leg. <laughs> yeah. I take her shoe. I'm like, look, mom. My mom's like, good job. I got some random lady's shoe on the way out. Some people are fighting. We see more titties. I was like, Yo, this is awesome. Like, my I mom took me to George titties. Clinton when I was, like, oh. six. Like, she couldn't find a babysitter or something because I went to all the concerts, and I remember them all, and it was amazing. So maybe bringing your kid is cool, you know? Uh-huh. But um, I saw some wild shit at concerts as a kid. Man, I remember Jeez. niggas was selling weed at a Queen Latifah concert. I was, like, eight. And all my mom's friends were like Jamaicans and they were selling weed through the crowd. And Queen Latifah stopped the whole concert and said, Yo, you fake ass drug dealers in the car. And they turned the lights on, was like, All oh, you niggas selling weed, get the fuck out. I was like, Whoa, she just kicked all the niggas, literally turned the lights on, hella Jamaican niggas with hands and weed. Like, what? Oh, I seen God. crazy shit going to concerts as a kid. Like, my mom just couldn't find a babysitter. Wow. I was backstage with the Marleys. Ziggy Marley. Oh, shit. Niggas was signing uh, soccer balls because, they, you know, they got hella siblings. They thought I was one of them niggas. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell them I'm not. Niggas was like, so white dudes, like, can you sign this? <laughs> got all the Marley's autograph. I just fucked it up. <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. <laughs> yeah. This is cool. So, like, I feel like you should let your kids go to concerts, man. Fuck it. Sir Mixel, I had the bitches twerking before twerking was even a word. And I was just wow. like, yo, one day I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to make girls show their titties too. That was my thought. Wow. And I went home and had a shoe. Like <laughs> something to remember. <laughs> went to school. Like, you niggas don't believe me. Look at this shoe. Pull the shoe out my backpack. Yeah. Wow. Have you guys had like concerts together yet or shows or anything like that? Back in back in the plenty, we've actually done hella shows together. Yeah, especially like when the scene was jumping mm-hmm. in Seattle, the early like two thousand sixteens, fifteens, seventeens, when shows were shows, motherfuckers were excited to hear local music. And what do you think changed? Music. I don't know. Uh, you left. Well, it changed <laughs> even before that. I don't know what changed it, but uh. I don't know. Hopefully it gets that passion thunder back. You know what I'm saying? You don't think it's been like a straight trajectory of upwards? I feel like the music quality has been. Mm. But as far as like the show, nobody's the show quality and like the fan interaction, just the whole scene. So I wouldn't say it's the artist that I'm saying. The artists are getting 
better and better. You know what I'm saying? But it's just the scene scene just kind of happens. You got to create it. Well, I I hear people blaming on gentrification. I I feel like be it. I don't, I don't think know. that I don't know about that. The Amazon that niggas might not be fucking with us. I just think, man, <laughs> it hasn't been done right since me and the No Name Man did it. No Name Man? The artist formerly known as Nacho Picasso. No, not him. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. No, we won't talk about him. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was the last time it was done right. And I feel like until somebody brings that type of feeling again, it's not going to work out. Is that just come to, from people doing research or like they just got to figure it's out what's just new? It's something in it's the air. Feeling, bro. It's It's something that happened it, at a perfect time. It also has to do yeah, a lot with what's great. going on in the city. Yeah. Not just about the, the artist or the music. It has a lot to do about what's going on in the city at the time. Um, like politically? or Politically or how people are expressing themselves or how like the art scene is supporting each other. Or just, you know, there was a lot going on. Like, when when we came up in Seattle, it was very artist-friendly at the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. at first, but we broke the doors down, and then it's like, you know, you get in through the back door and then open the window up. Next thing we know, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you would go to a show, you go to Key Show, you see sold-out show. Come to my show, sold-out show. You would go to someone else's show who was, say, a Sam or Chow, yeah. but you would see a percentage of the same people in all those shows. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There would be, like, a certain like building off 40%. Each other's well, they were just supporting the, they were just report, supporting the Seattle show. music. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? They were just supporting artists and people who they ran to, and the venues were very friendly with people, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, COVID and shit... Same people might, might not own venues, and oh, I don't even know what's going on as far as that. A lot of them are closing. It's like the Crocodile's closed, Dozier's Warehouse is closed. I think Croc, it moved. Croc got it clo- something new. I, I thought it closed and then moved, or was it already moved? They're taking over um, like Gaucho's building. Yeah. So they're still there, but they were always the nicest to me. Yeah, me too. I had a good relationship Erico's with all the venues, I think, but the croc was remember like family. When, when, remember when I got um, Chop Suey turned into a 21 and up venue? Wait, 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 wait. Tell me about this. <laughs> Mic up, too, by the way. Um, it wasn't me. I got in trouble <laughs> because, um, I don't know, I was just being young and wild, I guess. What did you do? Did you ride on something or did something? No, I ripped down the no smoking signs in the venue. All of them. Yeah. Doesn't sound that bad. Well, and I started smoking after I did that because they said don't smoke. And I just put out a song called You had to run something else. No, that's all I did. And I was smoking. I was walking through the motherfucker smoking. And they told me not to. I used to always get banned from oh. certain venues. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. After that, they came up to you and they was like, hey. Oh, yeah, they they said no you can't more come major back. shows because you're a friend. Yeah. I so really. what did he do? And they wouldn't tell me. And turns out all he did was rip a couple signs off the wall. And smoke a blunt. Damn. And now that wouldn't be such a big deal. But back then, that was fucking And I was like and super young. 
I wasn't, you know. 16? Yeah. And weed wasn't really legal like that. Yeah, it wasn't. So <laughs> I was just being pretty ridiculous, but it was like some rock and roll shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. So, Nacho, why do you think that out of all the people that came from, like, your era of music, only select people actually blew up from Seattle? Because there's so many people that are, t- like, you could even say, like, a Jar of D didn't even really make it. Like, yeah. what happened to the scene where there's only, like, out of everyone that was popping, only few actually made out of Seattle? I don't know. Well, I can't speak on anybody, but I can be like a lot of weird thing about Seattle is it, it it's it's such a you know we're kind of ducked off, but it seems like such a big scene when you're there. So once you start doing some shit, a lot of people get content with just being that that guy in Seattle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody loves me in Seattle. I've done all the Seattle shit I can do. And some people get content with that. So maybe that has a little bit to do with it, you know. And I notice in other cities, people are, how would I say, they put each other on a little more, you know, as in Seattle. Motherfuckers uh, don't really do that. What about your era? It seemed like your guys' era was help each other out we're all frenemies okay (laughs) (laughs) no it was it was cool it was um yeah we all work together for the most part you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but um none of us was really on in a position to where we could put each other on you know what i'm saying we can just work work what we had what we had going and it was authentic and it was it was uh you know Real home, home based, but it wasn't like you know, motherfuckers was like, yo, I could put him on, put him on, change his life. We was just doing first. A lot of us was doing drugs. <laughs> I, that's a big part. Yeah. Hey, let's say that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like first and foremost, man, goddamn, we were some functioning drug addicts. Not, not all of us. <laughs> Me <laughs> and some other, mo- at least I kicked my shit, so you know. But uh, yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll was was high and rampant. I was in that music video. Oh yeah, I was I on even acid. About the song, but yes, I was on acid and I had a gun. Hey man, what? Doesn't sound safe. It was at a all. prop. It was a fake gun. Is it, fake gun. it was fake acid too. It was I fake guess. acid. Yeah, acid was real. <laughs> It was real. I gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> the gun was fake. No, it wasn't. It had a laser on it. It just wasn't loaded. The bullets weren't real. They were. Uh, <laughs> there was no bullets. There was no bullets. Wow. So are you still close with Blimes and Gab? Or Oh, yes. Yeah. Gab's, Gab's my sister. I've known her. Uh, I went to elementary school with her brother. Like, her dad oh, wow. used to give me ride home from taekwondo and shit like that's family regardless she's doing wonderful things um she's down here in la yeah she oh, lives down here she's doing cool things keep a lookout for that i don't know exactly what she's doing but i know it's cool it's we're gonna see something soon <laughs> <laughs> shouts out to bag yeah shouts out to the family yeah, it's cool how 
you know, everyone came up together, and now you just kind of see what everyone's doing. It's kind of like love and hip hop, though. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, Seattle would have killed if they would have gave us our own love and hip hop <laughs> during them years. Yeah. Ooh wee. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Man, I would have been the Stevie J of the series <laughs> if we did it in 2016. I wouldn't have been on there, but but yeah, man, I'm four years clean. I think 2017, I took my last drink, last snort. There we go. Was it all in one day? I don't know. Uh, I remember I had, I wanted to quit Coke, so I knew I had to quit drinking because they're best friends, peanut butter and jelly. You invite one over and he secretly sends the other one to Addy. Next thing you know, I'm just going to have a drink. And you end up doing coke, and then it's you know, yeah, who wants <laughs> oh to do coke God. without drinking, right? So yeah. I was like, I gotta quit both. I don't have a drinking problem, but hey, I gotta sacrifice that. So um, I went on a tour. It was thirty days. Normally, I got food and stupid shit on my. You know, you get something from every venue. So I, was like, I got thirty days. I want to quit drinking. How do I quit drinking? I'm gonna fucking drink. I said, give me a fifth of Jameson every night, every okay. venue, and I said, I'm gonna finish this fifth. At least try to finish it every night for a night. And it's, I think it was 28 shows in 30 days. Yo, there was, I think I was in Arizona taking pictures with fans and I was throwing up in between every picture. No. I'd be like, hold on, hold on. I'd like, just did the show, threw up before the show. Somehow when I rapped, you know what I'm saying? That's that Nacho Picasso nigga. I just like, take over, nigga. You, okay. I'm sick. You ain't. I did a great show. Soon as the show was over, I was just like vomiting every like two seconds. But I was drinking, the, trying to drink this fifth every night for the whole month. And then when I got off tour, I was fat, and I was just like, "Okay, that's it." I, I it took. I I wanted to quit coke in 2016. You know, stop being fun. It started off like in a hot tub with a whole bunch of babes. <laughs> and it ended up like eight niggas in the kitchen passing the plate around listening okay. to the same stories. I was like, all right, this isn't fun. But then I couldn't stop. <clears throat> so then I finally, I've been wanting to stop. I started doing blow and then I'd be feeling all guilty so I wouldn't be like making eye contact with people. It's because I didn't want to be high, but I'm hanging around you niggas every day and so I'm fucking high. So mm. I finally stopped drinking, doing coke, and then I was like, I just had to separate myself from everything. And then once that comes, you get like a new enlightenment. Wow. You know? You're like, whoa. Like, things that I valued, I don't value anymore. Like, it's weird. I'm not like fucking vegan and fucking floating and shit, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of shit Whoa. that I was, I see I was wrong in my ways and certain shit. Well, motherfucker, I was on cocaine and blowjobs every day. Like, what cocaine the fuck do you think was wrong with me? Of course, I was making bad decisions. I'm, I was crazy. Yeah. Like, niggas were let, basically just watching me do a whole bunch of self-destructive things and then go in the studio and make a song. Like, how, how long were they going to let me do that for? Okay. <laughs> damn, damn, I had to nip that shit in the bud. And Sam said you helped him quit, or did he help you quit? Which which one was it? I, <laughs> he definitely probably said I helped him quit, but Sam uh, Sam was fun to hang around with. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I've always encouraged him to 
especially once I started getting sober. I'm like, hey, bro, what the fuck? I encourage, you know, most of the homies, like, it was easy for me to tell niggas to do drugs and niggas would do drugs. It's easy for me to get people to do bad things. But when I came back and was like, hey, let's stop doing drugs, niggas was like, get the fuck out of my face, nigga. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. So a lot of, you know, you got to take it at your own speed. And did it help your music? Uh, you think so? Yeah. I think my music got better. I think me wanting to do music maybe... Um, I'm not saying the coke was inspiration, but there was a process. It's like, you know, you go to the gym, you drink a pre-workout. You feel me? And you get to the gym, you get your BCAAs then. Now, you know, I fucking, you know, smoke my weed, do my coke, write my rhymes, listen to the beat. It, it definitely changed how I make music. Right. Now, I definitely aren't writing 86 bars on accident when it's only a C. You know, I'm, yeah, I, I don't get the structure. Yeah, you used to just write. Yeah, just cr- there was no structure. Yeah, it's just soup, just crazy. And I, I got a whole bunch of paper, and we'll just make it a song somehow. It's like a puzzle. We'll put it together like Da Vinci Code. Yeah. I was like a mad scientist. I was like uh, the nigga from Back to the Future if he was Doc on cocaine. Yeah, I, I think he was on cocaine. <laughs> I think he stole some cocaine. That's why the niggas gunned him down. Remember when they pulled up and hopped out with machine oh, guns? Sh- I was not ready for that as a kid. I'm like, I thought this was Back to the Future. Why are they shooting my nigga with Uzis? Like, oh God. He definitely robbed them niggas for a brick. But even if you had like a self-destructive career, how did you stand out and stay relevant compared to people? Because I was, I was kind of one of a kind. Like when I started doing what I was doing, there was no one in, that was really doing it like that. You know what I'm saying? And it was real. It was authentic. Because... Everybody was trying to be nice on the scene. The scene, Seattle was a, a, has a rich, rich history. But when I decided to get in the scene, the scene wasn't very. Um, how would I say it? It was a little. It was different. It was a little more friendly. It was a little more like about kicking knowledge and like you know nobody was nobody was jacking off with the microphone hmm. and and uh, doing doing coke and like fighting people or it was they were like teaching you like you know how to walk old ladies across the street and shit it was like nice shit so <laughs> i was like i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna turn it upside down so first i'm like i'm gonna make i want to hear some fucked up shit because i'm living a fucked up life and these niggas sound like it's happy days it's not happy days where i'm at so i made some fucked up shit and then I found out other people were feeling fucked up. Oh, wow. And then I was like, oh, so there's a lane. There's a whole underground fucked up, angry, crazy part of Seattle. That's awesome. And then I just started making more music, and they started coming out from the hiding. And there was more motherfuckers. And then a lot of people who were talented, who didn't think, you know, since we're from Seattle, we could rap about these things and say these things. Mm. And then they started coming out, and it just kind of was like, cool. From the scene, kind of. Yeah. Wow. It was dope. And then I looked up and everybody was on drugs. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I fucked it up. <laughs> Wait a minute. Go back to the happy shit. <laughs> tell, tell me about more gang. I talked to Jarv D about it, but I'd love to hear your take on it. Um, Me and Jarv, me and Jarv were the founders of more gang. Um, it Got on your wrists. I mean, your steezy. fists. 
different. Steezy Nash. So we were in a group called a uh, short-lived group <laughs> when we first started. B-Y-A-B? B-A-Y-B. Oh, that was close. And it was me, Jarv, and Steezy. And then we we did like a project. I think we did one album. Did yeah. We did one album, and then we all were like, yo, let's... we." We want to do our own thing, but 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 we're still fam, you know whatever. So we all started doing our own thing, but so we forged more gang, mm. and then we brought in our other family and other Kingdom artists. Crumbs. Well, yeah, well that that before we were um, that was Kingdom Crumbs was Jarv's band that he had with like some of the original cats that helped uh. us get into the scene, like before we could even get in the studios and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like Cloud Nice was like some cats that was we seen we was cool with we kind of grew up around like um, you know same time same and they were rocking like hip hop shows and it it was cool it was a vibe you know what I'm saying and we're like yo these niggas are scared of me not them but like the people in the crowd like the venues and we're like so we like they, we kind of watched them and like they kind of took us under their wing. Showed us how to like you know do shows like man, niggas was wanting to hear my music before I ever done a show. Wow! So I I remember like they were like yo you gotta do a couple songs. There's like all oh, these people want to hear, it. and I realized that I didn't know how to perform. No one taught me, so oh, I went shit. out there and I fucked up real bad, and then I just never fucked up again. How did you fuck up? At least uh, where anyone cared, because after a while niggas were like, if you don't fuck up, then it's not a real nacho show. Cause I'd be <laughs> drunk. Uh, but um, I went out there and forgot my lyrics. Oh, God. Like, not even forgot my lyrics, man. I forgot my name. I forgot who the <laughs> fuck I was. I, I went out there and, and, like, something distracted me, and all of a sudden I just seen a room full of people looking at me. <laughs> like, nothing prepared me for that. You know what I'm wow. saying? Like, I made this music and thinking that everyone was going to be mad at me, and then people wanted to hear me do it live, but nobody told me how to rock a show. Wow. But I figured it out fast. There we go. Kenyatta, where was your first what story? You niggas first about? show. Yeah. Smiling and <laughs> shit. so humble. <laughs> Am I being humble? Am I downplaying it? I'm the best performer motherfuckers ever seen. Real <laughs> shit. You said I what was what now? People Where's your first naked. show? My first show. <laughs> um, my first show was at the Vera Project when I was 16 years old. Ooh. And actually, Jarv D introduced me. Remember that shit? Yeah, what was I doing? Um, I don't know. I was there. You were there. Doing coke. Yeah, I'll start probably doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was. at that point. But um, yeah, Sucks. that was my I first remember. show. It's actually on YouTube somewhere. But um, yeah, I was sixteen at the Vera Project. Wow, I um, I'm part of this. Like, I work with them every once in a while. There's this thing called Ground Zero Radio, and they have like this deal with um, the Vera Project. And their studio is actually in their project now. So sometimes mm. you record out of there. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm banned from the Vera Project. Really? I don't even know why. I've never, the funny part is, I've never even performed there. <laughs> oh, God. Yo, I've never been performed there. And I was supposed to go on some tour, and the dude um, I was going to be touring with was going to perform at the Vera Project. And then the promoter called me back and was like, Yeah, they said you're banned from the Vera Project. And I'm like, Yo. That's awesome because I've never even performed at the Beer Project and I'm already banned. That's dope. Is it usually for like younger people like the Vera Project? Yeah. Yeah, it's like an all ages place. 
right? Mm-hmm. All ages venue. Because I always hear about young kids performing there. But anyone could go there. Because I was thinking maybe like one of those kids that no, their dads I, took them out of the venue. They they wrote a review and something. Man, I've <laughs> seen some wild shit at the Vera Project, man. They have all the wild show. Right? They be having punk shows and shit. Wow. I don't know why I'm banned. Wow. But uh, it's probably for the... Um, the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last time I was there, I saw some wild shit. Anyway, <laughs> remember that? Oh. Last time we were at the Vera Project in the green room. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so, so shout out to the Vera Project, a great place, man. Especially if you're like a, you know, all ages trying to, you know, not a lot of all ages venues like that. Mm-hmm. They don't serve alcohol or nothing. They think about uh, maybe. S- Coca Cola as hard as they get. Hot dogs and chips. Hot dogs and peanuts. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Cracker Jacks. And Capri Suns. Got a little bit more time left. I love to hear. I'll start with Kinyata and then go to you, Nacho. What is your guys' advice for Seattle artists that'd like to come out to LA and maybe continue their career or even think LA's the place to start up their career? Make sure you get you some money first. Make sure you don't put your address on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not funny, but... Nah, there's a lot of opportunities out here, yeah, honestly. Um, like, shit, I'm barely even... Like, opportunities will... If you got a plan and you know what you want to do, come down here and do it. That's what I'll say. Boom. And there the weather's go. good. You know... Depending on where you live, a little bum poop might get on your shoe. A little dookie. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. Dookie. I've never seen so much fecal matter on the streets. It's a problem. Niggas need like a pooper scooper. <laughs> a human scooper. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, chase your dreams wherever. You know, if what if you want to be a fashion designer, go to where niggas is designing. Fa- go to fucking Mulan or whatever yeah, the fuck. Mulan. Go to fucking. Yeah, go there. If, if you want to be an actor, come to Hollywood. Like, especially if you're young, do what the fuck. Even if you're old, do what the fuck you want to do. Hell yeah. Chase your dreams. Just make sure when you're chasing them that you don't step in shit. Oh, God. Oh, because out here you will get some bum poop on your shoe. But just be careful. do what you want to do, man. Like, but really pursue your shit. Whatever you want to do. If you want to do nothing, because that's kind of what I want to do now. Just collect action figures and do nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Smoke weed, watch anime, lift weights, try not to hurt people, try to be a better person, eat good food, and maybe make an album every now and then. That's what I want to do, too. (laughs) Oh, shit. You know? Man, I can't stop looking at your rings. Those are nice. He he won a Super Bowl or something. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, Marino. Couple well, championships, trophies. Any final words you guys got for the Seattle music scene? Keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck the truck. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, um, the yeah. There we go. Don't do no drugs neither. It's over for that. Hey, don't roll your eyes. Half these drugs now yeah, ain't, nah, don't do they ain't no even drugs. good. It's all hit. They it's, putting fentanyl in everything. It's smacked up with cut, bro. Don't Come do on, it. man. Okay. It's over. We done the last of the don't pure touch drugs, the drugs. And it was barely pure then. We done did the last. Whatever you get now is it's it's not it. We did it all. It's done. Just keep on having fun and keep growing, man. Make sure the scene is on the map all the way. Move more than you eat. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Well, this is the NAS podcast with Nacho Picasso and Kinayata. And you guys are two thirds of Cyanide Syndicate. I want to say it together like the uh, like Mickey Mouse Club. Right, there we on. go. You guys are two thirds of Cyanide, Cyanide Syndicate. Syndicate. Hell yeah. Shout Woo. out, Keyboard Kid. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, nigga. And we're done. <laughs>